Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Good morning again. It's Hour two of Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network, coming to you broadcasting from my friend's basement because the power is out where I live and may not be restored for a number of days after a tremendous wind event in Middle Tennessee. So um, thank you to uh, thank. I just want to say thank you to line workers because there's line workers in our community from across the country today. And um, what a gift. So if, um, if you've got a family member or a friend who is, you know, they're not at home today, they're not even in your home community or in your home state because they're responding to the needs of neighbors across the country um, who, you know, we need our power restored. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. What, um, what a gift to live in a country where um, neighbors across state borders come to the aid of one another. So thank you. Um, a couple of life headlines this morning that caught my attention. And sometimes, um, you know, I want us to be, I want us to be reading um, broadly. I want us to be listening broadly. Um, and I also recognize that there are many, many times that you say, I, I don't want to read the news. I don't want to listen to the news. Um, I just want you to do that, Carmen, and bring me some stuff. Um, so in that spirit, I have a couple of headlines this morning that are actually, you know, when it comes right down to it, they're life headlines. They are headlines that celebrate the value of human life. And they're at CNN.com. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, whoever posted them and aggregates uh, those those headlines and news stories, you know, did not spend time saying, hey, what are some pro-life stories that we could post today? But they've posted some pro-life stories, whether they know it or not. And so part of, I think, our role and responsibility in the culture today is to take what the culture gives us and make much of it. So I'm going to make much right now of a couple of life headlines this morning um, in, you know, what I've, I tend to to consider an unexpected place. So this is a reminder to look for the good news wherever it can be found and then help people interpret the news that they're reading and answer the questions that they are really asking. So um, first, there's a CNN anchor woman. She's a chief nationalist affairs analyst. Her name's uh, Casey Hunt. And she was planning to deliver her second child via a scheduled C-section this coming Thursday. But... Uh, on March the 1st, after just um, 13 minutes of intense labor. So she, she went into labor. She noted that this is her second child. Um, 13 minutes later, her daughter was born. Now that is, that was not enough time for uh, she to, you know, for Casey to alert her husband and them to, you know, like grab that go bag and um, get to anywhere other than, well, their own bathroom. And so Casey's husband delivered their daughter at home last week, eight pounds, four ounce baby girl, perfectly healthy, already thoroughly adored by her big brother, Mars, who is three. 
Um, it's a story of life. The pictures are pictures of a celebration of life and love and um, family and, uh, yeah, the delivery of promise, the way God works outside of our plans. It's news you can use today to celebrate life and talk about the plans that we make and the way God surprises us and um, and to be life-affirming and family-affirming and all those good things. So, And then CNN also reported a story this morning. It, it ran first in mid-February, but they're rerunning it. And it's under the title, President Carter is in hospice care, but what is that? And it is this um, pretty good explainer by CNN's medical team um, uh, about what hospice is and why are they posting a story again about what is hospice? Well, because that's actually a question people are asking. What is it? And so have you received hospice care? Maybe you are involved in the care of those who are actively dying. Um, What do those supportive, not only palliative, but spiritual care components look like? What does it look like to end life well and to celebrate life even as it ebbs away for the things of this world to grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace? You know, what what does that look like? Um, President Carter is a brother in Christ, and his process of uh, ending life is going to be a living testimony of the gospel. And so it is a conversation we want to be prepared uh, to engage in as Christians in the culture today. All right, we're going to deal together with some headline news of the day. Um, We are going to pray the news, things going on in Iran and Ukraine. Um, Also uh, be lifting up the families of the four American citizens still missing since their abduction at the Mexican border on Friday. That story up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Well, good morning again. I'm Carmen LeBurge, listening to Mornings with Carmen on the Faith Radio Network. Um, some of these are what I consider the pray the news headlines of the day. So, uh, you know, I just recognize I live an awfully long way away from Iran, but my heart pounds with um, with the hearts of parents who are openly protesting in the streets today. Um uh, the the scenes out of Iran of parental protests of the government are really extraordinary. Uh, so as of the end of last week, you know, we were talking about dozens of girls experiencing these signs of poisoning in schools across the country. Well, then over the weekend, dozens more. So now we're talking about hundreds of girls uh, across Iran experiencing um, signs of poisoning. And obviously, the government is not interested in information related to what they are experiencing um, coming out. And so they're actually withholding medical information from the parents. It's it's just a mess. So the parents are protesting across Iran today. And I uh, just want to lift up that story as one where, you know, <clears throat> we already got a nation in in open foment um, over the the last number of months related to uh, to women and women's rights and so uh, the value of women in that culture. So it's going to be a story that we're going to continue to watch unfold. Ukraine is under renewed attack today. Um, possible that Russia might take the city of Bakhmut, um, but a lot of controversy related to that in terms of the um, use of mercenaries on the ground there. Um, 
uh, yeah, even some related to uh, uh, American companies. It's it's just, yeah, it's a complicated mess. And so let's be praying on that front today as well. Um, for American citizens, um, in a minivan with a North Carolina license plate. So that's as much as we know about these four individuals, but they've been missing since Friday. They were um, assaulted uh, by gunfire and then kidnapped after they crossed the border from Brownsville, Texas into Matamoros, Mexico. Matamoros is notorious for having warring factions of drug cartels. Violence on Friday was so bad that the U.S. consulate issued a, a general alert um, for, you know, for any Americans in, in the area to um, basically shelter in place. According to the reports from the FBI, um, on Friday, March the 3rd, four Americans crossed into Matamoros, um, driving a white minivan with North Carolina license plates. And shortly after crossing into Mexico, unidentified gunmen fired upon the passengers in the vehicle. All four Americans were then placed in a, another vehicle and taken from the scene by armed men. Um, no word as to their welfare or, or their whereabouts. Um, and if you have information um, related to this, you should go to tips.fbi.gov, tips.fbi.gov. Um, let's be lifting up prayers for these individuals, their families, and uh, and, and others who know them um, and are obviously now very, very concerned about them. Let me say this, God sees. And if you're doing awful bad things, God sees and God knows. Um, and if bad things are happening to you today at the hands of others, God sees and God knows. And God cares. No one is unaccounted for um, from God's view. And just as God sent Jesus to seek and to save the lost, let us be prayerfully supporting those who are even now seeking, seeking to save these who have been abducted and others who are accounted as lost around the world. Lifting up prayers today as well for um, our neighbors in Ohio. Another Norfolk Southern train uh, derailed in Ohio over the weekend. This one um, uh, is empty containers, um, but people there are still very, very nervous about what is going on and the unfolding realities of, you know, having having all kinds of hazardous materials moving through our neighborhoods and communities Um uh, via rail. So just uh, heightened awareness related to those things and um, continued concern for the people of East Palestine. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about yard sign or lawn sign season. Yeah, it's about to be lawn sign season. What does that mean? And what would be on your sign? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. All right, uh, yard signs. I feel like yard signs are ahead. I am uh, thinking about a yard sign um, related to spring and Easter. Um, I am not thinking about a yard sign related to 2024. And um, 
putting one out related to politics, but maybe you are. So what what, what would be on your sign? You know, what are you going to declare to your neighbors? Um, this weekend, the annual CPAC conference took place. That's the Conservative Political Action Conference. It it featured former President Donald Trump. He did win the CPAC straw poll with 62% of the votes. Um, notably, the person who came in second, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, who secured 20% of the CPAC vote, um, he skipped the event, as did virtually everybody else in terms of Republican members of Congress and Republican governors. So notable in um, in who wasn't there as much as uh, who was there. Um, President Trump did um, deliver the keynote address at CPAC, and I'm sure there will be lots of conversations related to that today. On the Democratic side of the aisle, uh, Marianne Williamson, um, who fancies herself as a spiritual advisor. So this is always, I, I just love it when people who are sort of self-described spiritualists or spiritual advisors or, you know, gurus enter uh, enter the fray because it gives us a wonderful opportunity to differentiate Christianity and um, and its claims to differentiate the claims that we make publicly about God and the gospel from the claims that others are making publicly about what they spiritually believe. And so um, I view it as very positive that Marianne Williamson has entered the race because she always gives us an opportunity to talk about spiritual things. And you know me, I'm looking for every opportunity to talk about spiritual things um, in the context of public discourse. So, you know, one of the things that, um, uh, yeah, you're going to hear Marianne Williamson uh, talk about and introduce are a number of spiritual thread lines into uh, political discourse. And, you know, I, just, I celebrate that because even though I think she's wrong about most things uh, in terms of spirituality, she does talk about spiritual reality and so gives us an opportunity to do so as well. Um, let's see. Uh, you know, we shouldn't we should never allow. Uh, what's going on in the political sphere of our day, um, or certainly the rise and fall of any political party or personality should not allow that to consume our thoughts, our emotions, um, or our hope for the future. Um, Our mission remains the same, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbors as ourselves, to be great commissionaries with great compassion on the great commission of Christ um, as we walk out our faith into the world that God so loves and to do so in ways that honor Jesus. Um, and so I want to maybe bring forward today these words from the Apostle Paul. I've been giving them considerable thought uh, over uh, over the last day. And this this is one of those like read slowly assignments. So Philippians 4, 4 to 9, I want you to Write it down somewhere today, like take the time to write it out in your own words. Um, I have a journal that uh, in that just on the front of it, <clears throat> it says um, CLV because mm-hmm. it's the Carmen LaBerge Lever- version, right? It's not the NIV. It's not the ESV or the NRSV or the KJV. Mm-mm. It's it's the CLV. And so what I do in there is I write down passages of scripture uh, today, Philippians four four to nine, and and then I I write it again. Um, you know, I'm I'm receiving this as God's word today, eternal. I'm also receiving it as God's living word today to me. So rejoice in the Lord always. 
Well, first of all, what does it look like Carmen for Carmen to rejoice in the Lord? And then what does it look like for me to do that always and in all ways? So the Carmen LaBerge version, the CLV of Philippians 4, 4 to 9, like if you just write it out from scripture and you're just copying it down, you know, like it doesn't take a page of your journal. But in the CLV, Philippians 4, 4 to 9 is like six pages today because I'm I'm taking this one phrase, rejoice in the Lord always, and I am asking myself, what does that look like in my life? What does it look like to rejoice? What does it look like to rejoice specifically in the Lord? What about the Lord is worth rejoicing in? And then what does it look like to rejoice in the Lord always and in all ways? Paul then says, I'll say it again, rejoice. And so I asked it again. <laughs> I asked myself again, what does that mean in my life to rejoice, to genuinely rejoice, to return again to joy, to joy again, to rejoice, to rejoin rejoicing? What does that look like? What does it sound like? Let your gentleness be evident to all. All right, I have to tell you that in the um in the CLV <clears throat> in the Carmen Laberge version uh let your gentleness be evident to all took a deep breath and some very silent uh reflection. I am not sure that my gentleness is always evident to any, let alone to all. Now my gentleness is evident to Jim. Jim would be a person who would testify here to my gentleness. But is my gentleness evident to all? What does that look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like to people? How do I know? The Lord is near. Well, amen and praise God um, is my response to that. Verse six then says, do not be anxious about anything. I got to tell you, that caused me to pause again. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I'm just going to read verses 7 through 9, because if I were to unpack them for you, as I have done in what I call the CLV, which I encourage you to do, whatever your initials are, like write, get a journal, and create your own version. Like, it's not that you're rewriting scripture, it's that you are taking to heart what God has said right? Let God speak to you through what God has already spoken, but let him speak to you about what he has already said. So um, so do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, and then you make a list. Whatever is noble, and then you make a list. Whatever is right, and then you make a list. Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, let me tell you, if you are spending your time thinking about that which is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy, you are not going to have time to think about anything else. And that is going to lead you to rejoice 
in the Lord always. It's going to lead you um, away from anxiety. It's going to lead you into prayer and petition to thanksgiving. It's going to lead you to peace. And then Paul says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Maybe you would take on this practice today of not just reading the word of God, not just writing down what the word of God says, but, you know, creating your, your own word of the Lord to me version of a passage. That's what I did today with Philippians 4, 4 to 9, and it uh, has changed my perspective on many things. Where in the word are you today? You can always hit me up on the text line, 877-933-2484. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. Let's take a break for Breakpoint with John Stone Street. Well, good morning. Good morning again. I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen on the Faith Radio Network. Thank you so much for including me in your day. It is um, it is a delight. It is a delight to spend time together. Um, one of the most delightful personalities um, that uh, speak into the confusion of the culture today from a Christian worldview. Um, his name is Sam Alberry, and um, I have. Uh, uh, been talking with Sam for a number of years now, um, and the book that we're going to talk about today, Is God Anti-Gay, um, is actually like, um, Sam wrote the first version of this like 10 years ago. So this is a conversation in which Sam has been engaged for a fairly long period of time, um, and he's coming back today to talk about you know this updated and expanded version of Is God Anti-Gay, um, in part because a lot of people have asked a lot of questions. The questions of the culture have changed over the course of time. And uh, and Sam wanted an opportunity to address some of the new questions and restructure the book, um, actually putting some things that were more toward the end, more toward the beginning, so that he could really put at the center of all of it, Jesus's words and ministry. And so um, we're going to talk about that. But Sam also... <laughs> Sam also really excited about this has a children's book. And when you think about the way that um, we are going to influence the next generation for Jesus, uh, positively finding positive ways to talk with young people about the way God intends things to be, the way God designed things to be, the goodness of God, the good gift of sexuality, the good gift of marriage, God's good design for human life. We got to find ways uh, to do that and resources to use that help us to do those things. So Sam's children's book, God's Signpost, How Marriage Points Us to God, um, is out as well. And he's going to um, join us to talk about that. Um, so I want to I wanna say this um, this morning as well. I want everybody to take a deep breath. I have been focusing over the weekend um, with some other women in silence and solitude, um, just considering the good gift of um, God's peace. It does pass all understanding, but it absolutely needs our reten uh, attention and requires periodically for us to pull away um, and just spend time with the Lord, listening to him, 
And so if you haven't done so recently, let me encourage you to give God some space and time today on your calendar. Block out some portion of time to take a walk with the Lord. Block out some portion of time today to turn off all the noise, yes, including me, turn off all the noise and just listen to him. Just ask him what he wants to show you. Ask him what he wants to say to you. Allow yourself to be reminded that you are loved, that you are his child, that there's no one in all the world he loves more than you, cares more about than you. Yes, he cares about each and every person, um, but he cares about you. And so spend some time today reveling in that and rejoicing in that reality. Sam Alberry is going to join us next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. I will trust where you lead. I will trust. Sam Albury uh, studied theology at Wycliffe Hall in Oxford. He has served on staff um, in a number of churches and is now based at Emmanuel Church in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Sam has written several books. He's a really popular conference speaker. Um, His books include um, uh, What God Has to Say About Our Bodies, Why Does God Care About Who I Sleep With, and Seven Myths About Singleness. About 10 years ago, he wrote Is God Anti-Gay? Uh, there is now an updated and expanded version of that book, and he's here to discuss it with us today. Sam, good morning. Welcome back to Mornings good. with Carmen. Good morning. It's so good to be with you again. Oh, it's a delight. I definitely want to talk about God's signpost, How Marriage Points Us to God, um, your kid's book. So do you want to start with the kid's book or do you want to start with the, um, with the you know, new, newly updated and revised Is God Anti-Gay? I don't mind at all. Let's, uh, let's go in, in order of, of ascending age, perhaps. <laughs> okay. Does that mean we're starting with the kid's book? Don't, 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 yeah. don't confuse me with big fancy. Okay. <laughs> it's, okay. It does. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. So we're going to start with God's signpost. All right. So introduce us to Ethan and Lila. Um, what, what's going on in their life? Um, that's sort of at the center of this conversation in the book. Yeah. Well, what they think is the center of the conversation is, <laughs> is cake, but, um, as they <laughs> head to visit their grandparents, but actually the, the whole thing is really about, uh, marriage, they they discover it's they're going to their grandparents because it's their grandparents' fiftieth wedding anniversary, and that leads into a whole discussion and conversation about about why we celebrate anniversaries and how marriage is meant to point to to God's love for us in Christ. So, um, first of all, I love how inviting it is. I mean, you know, just from the very beginning, um, it's celebratory, it's accurate. Um, it happens in the place where a lot of conversations with kids happen, like, you know, they're buckled into the backseat and uh, and we're talking um, together. So um, what is marriage? Well, marriage is a is a covenant between a man and a woman, um, a lifelong exclusive covenant of, of love. And it's it's given to us in the Bible that we can uh, have have union with one another. It's a it's a unique uh context for that one flesh union uh it's given to us that we we might be able to have children and 
We also see in the Bible, and this is what I'm leaning to in the in the book, is that marriage is given to us to be a, a signpost to God's love for us. And so the very promises a husband and a wife make to each other in their wedding vows reflect and mimic the promises God has made to us in Jesus, that those promises to love whatever happens, that to, to love unconditionally. And so I'm really trying to help children see that aspect of marriage because it seems to me as they will then grow up, at some point they will become aware of biblical prohibitions around different forms of sexual intimacy and that kind of thing. I really think it's important that they already have a positive framework in place of what marriage points to, which can then hopefully be a way of, for them to make sense of the various prohibitions that, that do come along as well. We're talking with Sam Alberry. The book is God's Signpost, How Marriage Points Us to God. It is a children's book, um, but it is full of um, good content and conversation starters for adults as well. Um, this is a conversation, Sam, that um, many, many, many people in our culture need retraining on. And so I'm thinking about um, parents who want to help their children understand the meaning and value of marriage, but they they did not grow up in households where there was an intact marriage. Um, and so I think part of what you're doing is putting into the hands of parents a resource that, um, you know, it speaks to the goodness of God and God's design, but it also acknowledges that not not everybody is experiencing that or has experienced that. That's exactly right. And and that that's a point that really has to be made um, for, for a couple of reasons. One is, as you say, not every marriage um you know, lasts. And I wanted to acknowledge that in the book, because that will be the lived experience of some of the kids who who read that book. Um, and it doesn't invalidate the thing that marriage is, is meant to be pointing to. Um, one of the characters talks about how we're, we're just not as good at this as God is uh, when it comes to, to continuing to love one another. Um, and I also cover the fact that not everyone gets married. So um, uh, try to make sure that those things are, are sort of are put in place as well, but but not in a way that detracts from from the main message, which is 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 really the kind of love God has shown us, and why marriage is therefore based on on promises, um, why it's a covenantal union, um, and really the impetus for writing the book was was realizing was was thinking through that. Some dear friends of mine were celebrating their fiftieth wedding anniversary, and I I just found myself thinking that if actually if marriage points to the gospel, then then it might be anniversaries that matter more than weddings because everyone can make a promise, but we, we really want to celebrate those who are faithful to their promises. Um, and of course, that's wonderfully what we have in, in Jesus, someone who is always faithful to, to every promise he makes to us. Hmm. So the Lord brought you to mind um, a few weeks ago when I had this um what you know you're you're just never quite sure if you're having an epiphany or whether or not you're uh, you know attaching ideas to all the right things but it occurred to me sam <laughs> that um there are no single christians because of this marriage reality um that we experience in our union with christ and um as a person who is like single in the eyes of the world um but in such a beautiful union with Christ, um, do you think that theologically my statement would hold up if I said to somebody, "I, I don't, I, there are no single Christians"? Yeah, I think it's a it's a very 
striking way of expressing that truth. But the, the truth is certainly there in the scriptures that we have in Christ the perfect bridegroom, and mm. we have been betrothed to him, to use Paul's language from, from Corinthians. Um, and we look forward to the, the marriage supper. So that that is a very, it's a lovely way of putting it. Um, it needs some some unpacking for, for, for most people today. Um, but no, that that's that I am married in Christ. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, that the marriage we have in Jesus is more real a marriage, even if we're single, than our married non-Christians have with their spouse. Um, it's not that we've got a type of what they've got. They've got a shadow of what we have in in Christ. So that that's a lovely thing to to celebrate and, and dwell on. Well, I invite you to um, uh, to take it and run with it if you are so inspired to do so, um, because I'm an I, <laughs> oh, I'm I an idea I'm an idea person, but I'm terrible at follow through. So there you go. Nothing would delight <laughs> me more. Um, Sam, um, you uh, you help us. You have been helping us have a conversation out in the open that a lot of people are, you know, like stumbling and fumbling over and find very, very difficult to have. Um, And so when we come back from a very brief break, let's talk about is God anti-gay and other questions about homosexuality, the Bible and same-sex attraction. Um, That is uh, Sam's book from about 10 years ago, but there's now an updated and expanded edition. And yes, for those of you texting in wondering, mm -hmm, I'm giving away book bundles today. Uh, So if you want to text the word book to 877-933-2484. We're going to enter you into a drawing for a copy of God's Signpost, the children's book on how marriage points us to God, as well as the updated um, and expanded Is God Anti-Gay? You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge with Sam Alberry. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show featured on the Faith Radio Network. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio, tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share at MyFaithRadio.com. My guess is you spend a fair amount of time on social media. So where do you spend your time? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube? Well, have you followed or liked Faith Radio on those platforms? I would invite you to do so. I'm there as well. If you want to check out uh, my personal pages, you could connect with me individually. We would love to have you uh, use the resources that we have produced and are creating and posting on social media for you to share with others. We got all kinds of stuff from graphics to, you know, Bible verses. I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff. Go check it out on your social media. Connect with us on Faith Radio social media. And, you know, let's get the word out to others. All right. Back to the show. Again, thanks for listening. Love connecting with you at MyFaithRadio.com. You can connect directly with Sam Alberry at Sam Alberry, and it's like all the berries. That's the way I remember how to spell all berry. SamAlberry.com. You can get there uh, from there to all of his socials. We're talking with him today, not only about his children's book, God's Signpost, How Marriage Points Us to God, but also the revised, expanded, and updated Is God Anti-Gay? And other questions about homosexuality, the Bible, and same-sex attraction. We are giving away copies. If you want to enter the drawing, text the word book to 877-933-2484. Um, all right. How has the conversation about these topics changed You know, in, in the 10 years since you first penned this book? 
Yeah, it's it's changed almost unrecognisably. I, I wrote that book in, well, it was released in 2013. Um, and back in 2013, you know, gay marriage had not yet been legalized in the uk or the us and it actually it was a it was a different world to the one we live in now in terms of where our our culture's at and therefore the questions around this this topic have shifted significantly too and i realized as i was i don't tend to look at i don't tend to read my own books um but they've come out but i was thumbing through is god anti again i was just thinking gosh the, the questions really have changed since then and the sort of things that were the big burning issues then have changed now so that that was the impetus to to give the book a bit of a um well to update it to give it a new edition to restructure it a- accordingly um i think that the big issue then was does the bible really say this the big issue now is 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 christianity really good or not and so that's what i've tried to lean into in the new edition is to, is to look at the goodness of jesus uh in relation to this entire discussion because the the, the fear the anxiety, the concern for so many is that that actually Christianity is just bad on this stuff. I know a lot of Christians who they recognise what the Bible says, they just don't think it's good, and uh, that to me is one of the one of the big issues. Um, the other thing really is that I I had initially written the first book for primarily for for believers, um, and I've heard over the years of just so many people who've who've been using that book with their their friends who aren't Christians. Um, and so I wanted to make it just more accessible for for someone who's got no Christian background, no Christian faith at all. Um, given that's how people were using the book anyway, I thought I'd try and make it as as easy as possible for someone who's not a Christian to try to understand and read. Sam, um, you are particularly adept at encouraging fellow Christians um, who experience same-sex attraction um, and encouraging, you know, commitment to obey Christ. So I definitely want to give you the opportunity to do that. And then I want to um, ask some of the questions that we get asked very, very frequently um, on hmm. the topic of of sexuality. So um, some encouragement for the Christian listening right now who has or is experiencing same-sex attraction. Yeah, I'd, I'd want I'd want you to know if this is you that that you're not on your own, um, that you're not you're not beyond God's grace. Sometimes Christians can feel as though they they must be so broken to be feeling this way, to be experiencing these temptations. But that's not the case. This this sin is is always listed in the Bible, you know, in the context of lots of other quite different sins. And so, all of us human beings we're in the same boat ultimately we're all broken we're all fallen in this part of life and there is always more grace and help in jesus than there is sin and struggle in us and it's it's hard to follow jesus in this part of life but then jesus himself shows us it's it's always going to be hard to follow him whatever our, our our situation whatever our context and so i just want to reassure Anyone out there who's wrestling with this, that um, that the gospel is is still good news. Um, Jesus is always worth it. It's never a bad deal to follow Jesus. We always have so much more in him than we lose uh, by deciding to follow him. So I hope that encourages someone. There's this um, important distinction and differentiation between same-sex relationships and same-sex romantic relationships. 
Um, and there's confusion in the culture today about that. There's confusion about discipleship when it comes to that. You know, uh, it, there's confusion when it comes to David and Jonathan or when it comes to Jesus and his disciples mm-hmm. or when it comes to my 19-year-old and her female friends and she wants to know if it's okay. I mean, she 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 wants to tell them that she loves them, but like, is that okay in the culture today? <laughs> like, right? And so yeah. um, can you speak to that? Like, it, it's okay for us to love people who are of our same gender. That is not what is under discussion here. No, and in fact, we're meant to. Uh, we've been created to to live in, in healthy community. We've been created to have deep friendships. And, and one of the, the situations we find ourselves in with our particular culture uh, right now is that we've we've so sexualized love that we've actually – diminished our understanding of all the the non-romantic forms of love that we are meant to be enjoying um as as good gifts of creation and we've we've really downgraded friendship and friendship in the bible is such a rich category of relating and and David and Jonathan are an example of that we see that with Jesus and just how how close he is to his disciples um so we we do need to recover that it's it's all there through the bible um Jesus himself says no greater love has has someone for this that he lay his life down for his friend. So it's interesting when Jesus is looking for a, a, a way of expressing the highest form of love, he turns to friendship. So we're, we're meant to have healthy, heartfelt, deep and rich same-sex friendships. Um, and again, we see this throughout the Bible. Paul refers to... Um, when he's writing to Philemon, he refers to Onesimus, and he says, I'm sending you, Onesimus, my very heart. There's such a, a wonderful sort of consistent thread of affection um, to do with with friendships in the Bible that we've really lost in our own time, and we it doesn't help us. Um, we, we need to recover that, and the church is the place where where we should be recovering that. All right, you're asking yourselves, um, why didn't Carmen get to more questions? Um, you know, what do I do if a brother or sister in Christ um, comes out? What do I do if a non-Christian uh, who's in my family comes out? What if what if my niece wants to use my farm um, for her same-sex wedding? Yeah, Carmen didn't ask all those questions. Well, that's because Carmen ran out of time. So um, you can check in directly with Sam online at his website and from there, all of his social medias, Sam allberry.com. Um, the books we're discussing today, Is God Anti-Gay? Updated and Expanded Conversations there. Um, and yes, for those of you asking, that would be a, it would be a great book for you to use with your high school students in your Sunday school class. Um, the children's book we discussed, God's Signpost, How Marriage Points Us to God. We're giving away book bundles today, so you can enter the drawing um, for those by texting the word book to 877-933-2484. Sam, as always, my delight. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Such a delight. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Wake the neighbors. Get the word out. I don't know. Maybe maybe don't wake the neighbors. Maybe wait until the neighbors are awake and then get the word out. You know, we we don't often um talk about getting the word out uh in in this way, but um 
yeah, if you wanted to get the word out, maybe you're a marketing person, maybe you're a social media influencer, maybe... Maybe you just laughed out loud when I said that. Maybe you're the person that writes the church newsletter. Maybe, um, well, I don't know. What are all the ways that you get the word out about things? What if you wanted to get the word out about a yard sale? Or what if you wanted to get the word out about, um, you know, a baby announcement? Like, right? Let's think about all the ways we get the word out into the world about other things. And Let's think about using those creative methods to get the word out about Jesus. Like there is good news. There is good news. And his name is Jesus. Let's get the word out today. Thanks so much for spending this time together. You can visit us at MyFaithRadio.com. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.